What's going on, everybody? It's another episode of To Be Continued. What? Three in a row? How does it start? How does it keep going? I'm not, I don't know. I'm sitting on the floor today, as you can tell, because that's the couch and I'm lower than the couch. Um, so I'm in St. Louis in a hotel room right now, and I didn't want to go a week without trying to do the podcast, so I figured I would just say hi and check in and try to do it here. I don't know if anybody is going to think that I'm too loud, but we'll figure it out. You guys can think I'm too loud because you're at home. So adjust your volume if you think I'm too loud, but they're just probably gonna knock if I'm too loud. So I know this looks like, like I'm a Toys R Us kid. And uh, the truth is I am. I'm a Toys R Us kid, finally. I, uh, I went shopping this week. Um, I In the past week, I have been in five cities. This is my fifth one. I get to go home tomorrow, but uh, first of all, I did uh, thank you to everybody that, that came to the shows in San Jose at the Improv, and thank you to everybody that came to the San Francisco show at Cobbs. I loved it. The support, the love, everyone. Thank you so much for coming out. You know, I started doing stand-up in, what, 2002? 2000, 2002, I think. And it just never amazes me that I get to do this for a living because of your support, so thank you. Um, but yeah, so when I'm on the road, this week, uh, I went on a road with a friend of mine. I, well, I go with, I travel with two friends. One is um, my friend, Steve Hallis. If you've been following me for years, you might be familiar with Steve. He's Steve. I just always ask him like, hey, how are you doing? Like, I love, I love doing those videos where we're on our way to do something and just randomly I'll always say, hey, Steve, tell everybody what we're doing. And I'm always so excited and he's like, we're doing this. Like, <laughs> and to me, it's just so hilarious. I just love asking him questions like, what are we doing? Um, went on the road with him and my friend, Jerry Rocha. Jerry Rocha, Steve and I all met in Dallas doing standup about, uh, about 20 years ago, actually, a little over 20 years ago. It's been a long ride. And, you know, it's this thing that when I was able to travel and tour the country doing shows, whenever I was able to take people with me, I started doing that just because I wanted to have fun on the road. And Jerry and I have a lot of fun on the road. So if you've seen him, if you've seen me around LA, if you were at the San Jose shows, he was the guy that, um, that was in the middle. Um, Steve is not a video game nerd. Jerry and I are big video game nerds. So when we were in San Jose, the first thing we did was we Googled what, what vintage you know game stores there were and we hit three of them. Um, Jerry and I are terrible at enabling each other. Like we see something and we're like, oh, well, you need to get it. Like, you need to get it. Look at this, like, Indiana Jones. I saw this in the corner. I picked it up and I was like, Jerry, do you think we should do this? He's like, yeah, why wouldn't you get it? Um, if you're hearing the podcast audio wise, this is, um, it's the golden idol from the first Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark movie. It's actually a, a light. You can turn it on and it lights up. I don't have batteries. But 
I literally just found it and I was like, you think I need this? And Jerry's the kind of person like, yeah, like why wouldn't you need the golden idol from Indiana Jones? No brainer. So we hit up everything. We are big nerds and very proud of it. This is why I collect this stuff because it makes me happy, you know? And the, the episode this week I'm, I'm calling, you know, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toysaurus kid. Finally. So what does that mean? That means that I am now spending my adulthood finding moments of joy that make me feel good. And I've noticed that this makes me feel good. And I was thinking about it and I know why. It's because when I was a kid, I couldn't afford a lot of this stuff. So now as an adult that I can, I go buy it. And why do I do that? It's because I never let go of what I liked as a child. You ever notice that so many of us were interested in so many different things. Then we get to a certain age where adults will start telling you, well, you're too old to like that. You need to grow out of it. My question is why? You know, I, I've had this conversation with so many of my friends about how, you know, so, my, so many of us are told that life has to be the same for everyone. You know, the idea was that you went to school, you graduated high school, you went to college, you graduated college, you, you got married, you had kids, and boom, you just, you lived life until you retired. And I never wanted to do that. I knew I never wanted to do that. But the thing is, I didn't know what I wanted to do. All I knew was that I always tried to be happy in the moment. And I think it comes because like my family, you know, I say this all the time, we didn't have a lot of money, but what we always had was joy. You know, it's, it's that thing where I grew up not knowing I was poor. You know what I mean? Like everybody in my neighborhood, we were kind of pretty equal on my neighborhood, right? So I had no idea. And it wasn't until, no kidding, I was in LA the first time I moved there. I moved there twice. The first time was around 2000, 2001. I was having lunch with a couple of friends and I told them about my childhood and they looked at me like, girl, what is wrong with you? Are you okay? And that's when I realized, like one of my, one of the people I was at lunch with said, girl, you were poor. Like you were really poor. And it, it didn't hit me till then. Because when I looked back in my childhood, I was always so happy, you know? And it's that feeling of joy that, you know, we might not have had a lot, but we were always trying to be happy. We always laughed. My family were really into laughing, you know? Then it's funny, because then I started thinking, when I was a kid, I was really into video games, which is, you know, explains my love here. But, you know, we never got them. My family never got a lot of toys. And if they did, they were always kind of going out of style. You know what I mean? I've always said that if your family, if you're from like a, a blue collar family that, you know, tries to, you know, make ends meet every month, a lot of times, like in my family, we were always uh, a generation behind a technology. You know what I mean? Like, like people had moved on to DVDs and my family had just gotten a VHS, right? Like, like a VCR. We're like, oh, mira, you know, and everybody's like, ugh. And I'm like, we can afford it now. You know what I mean? 
my first system, my first video game system that I had was the, uh, the Atari 7800. And I remember I wanted it so much and I asked for it for Christmas. And, and you know, it's like, it's very biggie, right? Like the lyric, like, uh, why, you know, Christmas missed us. Christmas would miss us all the time. And one year I asked for the Atari and I got it. And uh, it wasn't from Santa, it was from my mom. Like I even did a joke about it in my first special. Like she gave me a gift, she gave me the Atari and it was like, it's from me, I'm Santa Claus. Like, you know what I mean? She wanted credit. She's like, she's like I don't want this white guy to take credit for the, I busted my butt to get this. Like it, it, is, it is from me and I loved it. I used to play it all the time. It was just something that I just really loved to do. I was never into girl toys. And I talk about that in my new hour that I'm working on right now, because a lot of the girl toys were always about cooking and cleaning. And I was already doing that for real with my mom. So I didn't want to do that for fun. I mean, who wants to fake sweep, right? So <laughs> I got really into video games. Then the Nintendo came out. The Nintendo came out and this was my baby. The OG Super Mario Brothers. Now, this isn't the one I had. The one I had was the one with Duck Hunt. Growing up, if you had an NES, an original Nintendo Entertainment System, it would come with the Duck Hunt Super Mario combo. And man, I loved playing it. Ooh, I used to love, get, I used to love playing Duck Hunt but I hate it when the dog would come out and laugh at you and then I'd get all mad like, shut up dog, I'd try to shoot it, I, you know. Super Mario was my jam though. And I remember when I was a kid, we had the NES and we would keep it in, in, the, you know, in my room, in my little room that I would share with my mom. And there were weekends where, on the weekends I would hang out with my brothers who were what, 13 and 15 years older than me, you know? I was, I'm the youngest by far. And they would wanna play. And I always got so excited when they wanted to play with me because sometimes if you're the youngest one with a big age gap in a family, sometimes they don't wanna play with you. You're doing your own thing, you know? It's like I would have board games and play by myself, you know? I would play Monopoly and I'm like, oh, it's a hotel, you have to pay for it. And I'm like, really, it's me. I, I would bankrupt myself, you know? And uh, there were times where we would, we would just take turns. You know, we would take turns playing the game, you know? We would always play until one, you know, one of us died and then it would be the other turn. And I remember there were so many Saturdays, especially Saturdays for some reason, where we would play. And I would always get so excited to play with my brothers, you know, and I couldn't believe that I was playing with my brothers. And it was Super Mario that was kind of like the bonding time for us, you know, and I didn't get the next game that I have here, the Super Mario 2. This game I actually skipped when I was younger because my mom couldn't afford to buy Super Mario 2. You know, she, she was basically, she's the, she was at the mindset that said, well, Super, you already have Super Mario. What does he do in number two? Be more Mario? You know what I mean? So I skipped it and I had to rediscover it years later, you know? And Super Mario 2 
represents that feeling that for me felt like I was missing out on it. And even though I said a couple minutes ago that I didn't know we were poor, I knew I couldn't afford it, but I didn't understand why. And I remember being very sad about it because I was a kid, you know? And there were moments where we couldn't afford things and you could see in my mom's face that she wished she could. And it bothered her that she couldn't. And when I saw my mom's face like that, I always felt, I can't do this. Like, I, I feel bad, but she feels bad as well. And even though you're a kid, you you know, in certain situations, I think that so many of us try to find ourselves, I actually not try to find ourselves, I think that we find ourselves sometimes dealing with very adult emotions, transactions when we're young. You know, that's how I felt back then, that I was trying to sympathize with my mother not being able to afford this game that I wanted to get, you know? But I remember I didn't get Super Mario 2, but when Super Mario 3 came out, I got it. Oh my God, it was probably still is one of my favorite games of all time. Super Mario, I always remember as a kid getting a new video game and it's like you're starting a whole new world because you don't know, back then, can I just talk? Back then, we didn't have cheat codes. You had to play the whole game, you had to figure it out, you didn't know what was happening. Years ago, I was actually telling my friend Jerry this weekend, I remember, I wanna say it was like 2020 on ABC, on Friday night, one year when Super Mario 3 was really hot, they did a piece where they actually revealed how you could hack Bowser at the end of like World 8 Castle, like final, where you would get, this is very inside baseball, but you would have Mario get the princess wing, fly up this brick wall, go to the right, come back down, and Bowser, who usually spews like fireballs, didn't spew them anymore. So all you had to do was just kind of like figure out, jump away from him until he fell down and you killed him. I remember that was the first time I felt like a god. I felt so powerful. Like when we didn't have any, when we had video games back then when I was growing up, they were basic as hell. There were some games you would buy, you never even learned, you never figured out how to play it. It was always kind of like just, hey, I hope you I hope you figure it out. That's why there's some games that you see that you're like, I will never touch again because I can't figure I never figured it out. The Atari ET game, never figured it out. No instructions. He just kept dying. I moved on. But what I realized, what I remember about like Super Mario 3 is that it was so special and so, you know, ahead of its time for my, you know, for, for me, that I thought it was so cool. It, it took me forever, because I would start playing it and I wanted to check out every little corner of each world, each level. And again, there were times where my brothers would want to play with me. And man, it meant the world to me. It meant so much that they would want to play with me. 
And I remember having these moments of joy, you know? It was just like this thing where, you know, we'd figure it out, even if they beat me, like at the, at the game, I didn't care because they were beating me, which means they were playing with me, you know? I mean, look, let's say that your siblings are not always the sweetest, most adorable people. One of my brothers, I remember one day when we were little, he, um, he came up to me and he said, hey, Chris, you wanna play a game? And I was like, yes. It's like, okay, this game is called, Who Hits the Softest? You go first. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just went up to his like arm and I got so close and barely touched it and raised my finger. And then he said, it's my turn, gets my arm and just slams it down. And he looks at me and he says, I guess I lost. <laughs> Like, sometimes siblings can just be like that, right? Uh, but I always enjoyed those times, you know? And it's that thing where, I, like I said, I have all these toys here with me. Look at this. I bought this action figure. I mean, it's Jimmy Hart. He was a manager during the wrestling days. And it's just that thing that when I saw it, I was like, yes, let me show you another thing I got. The Talking Jar Jar Binks watch. I know everybody hated Jar Jar Binks when he came out on Star Wars. Oh my God, I remember everybody was upset at it. But you know what? I got this watch because it kind of became an underdog to me. Nobody liked him and I was like, I'll like you. That's kind of how I am in life. I'm like, who's the underdog? Nobody likes you? I'll take a chance on you. Because, you know, it's a lesson that I actually learned from my mom. She said, uh, I always try to treat people the way that I wasn't treated. And it always stuck with me. So I have all these games, right? I got Tecmo Super Bowl, Burger Time, Back to the Future video game. I got this case from Super Mario World. I got this WCW game that I bought. And my friend Jerry got me this game for the PS. Mass Effect told me, highly suggested it. I'm really into sci-fi. He's like, you're gonna love this one. So I can't wait to start to play this one this weekend. But you know, it's this thing where I can't tell you how happy I get when I go into the stores and recognize things that I grew up with, that I wanted, that I can have now. Even if I had it, sometimes I'll buy them because they remind me of a happy time. You know, it's that thing where when you try to replicate happiness sometimes, you realize that you unlock something new about yourself, the older that you get, you know? So what is it? It's like that book, like the Don Quixote book, right? It's like that thing where they say that if you read it three times in your life, the first time you laugh at it, second time you understand it, and the third time later on in life, you cry about it. And I think I'm at the point right now where when I feel the happiness, I get it on a different level now. I'm halfway through. I guess I'm, it's like reading Don Quixote twice right now. Then I've got this one. You know, one of the reasons, for those of you listening, I'm holding up the Golden Idol from Indiana Jones. So this is more of a movie thing, right? But this represents a really happy time in my childhood. When I was growing up, we always had cable. Cable TV was our babysitter. 
My, you know, I was a latchkey kid, Gen Xer, you know, I used to stay by myself since I was like six or seven. I'm, it was normal to do that back in the day. But when HBO and Cinemax were new, they would play the same movies over and over again. Let me, t let me tell you children, back in the day, if you had HBO, and I, I'm sorry to brag, but HBO was really expensive. Um, <laughs> if you had HBO, once a month, they would send you the, the brochure, like the a little booklet, a little pamphlet that showed you all the new movies. And Indiana Jones was always playing. When it came on and it would get to HBO, that was my jam. I loved it. My mom loved it too. Because back then, my mom never learned to speak English. So she was very excited about like the movies that they would translate in Spanish. And this was one of the few movies that they would do. So my mom, so like I would come home from school, latchkey kid, right? And I'd be home around three, you know, my brothers would drop me off, but then they'd have to go to work themselves, you know? And from like three to maybe seven, until they got back or, you know, they, they would pick me up, drop me off on their lunch, whatever. Um, I'd watch TV. My mom would get out of work usually around 9.30. And 9.30 p.m., prime time, viewing time. So sometimes on the weekend, she would catch Indiana Jones starting. And we would sit and watch the movie. And she, like, we loved it, right? Big action movie fans. And she loved it because she could understand it because they translated it in English. Oh my God, the movies she loved, I'm not kidding. Indiana Jones, all of them. I think probably Temple of Doom we saw more than all the other ones because they used to play that one all the time. True Lies with Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis, they did it in Spanish. Her favorite movies to watch, like the favorite series of movies to watch, Police Academy. Oh my God. She loved Police Academy because they would, they would translate them into Spanish and oh, and she would laugh. Mahoney, que estas haciendo? What are you doing, Mahoney? Like, she just fucking loved it. Like she would come home from home, like from work and we would just sit down and like the pranks and everything. It's just like hilarious. She would just like, die they did something they would show up at the the you know like the club the like uh the gay club you know and she like loved it they would make jokes with where someone had to glue something around their mouth my mom was always like ah, i love it she just thought everything was great about it loved police academy loved indiana jones so when i saw this i had to get it because it sparked a memory that made me happy which actually makes me think, I never get to find anything that's Police Academy related. Uh, you know, it's funny, my mom used to like uh, Police Academy 5. That was uh, the Miami Beach one. I know, all my, I know all my Police Academies. And I never find any merch or something. I need to look it up because I would love to have something from it that would remind me of my mom. But you know, it's that thing. It's what I'm saying right now. These toys that I have with me this week, they remind me of so much. They represent something bigger. You know, a lot of times they just represent a time growing up where I had bonding moments with my family, 
where I had bonding moments with my friends. These items were also things that I was made fun for, fun of, for liking when I was a kid because I was a nerd, you know? And I love seeing that, that now being a nerd is cool, you know, that it's actually a little bit more acceptable that we can now be adults and still like what we like. Because it, remember, it's what I said at the beginning of the podcast. So many people love to tell you, growing up, there will be adults that tell you, you have to stop doing that, you're too old. Now look, there are certain things that they're right about in that, you know, in, in that manner, right? Like, you know, sometimes you can't be on a seesaw with a kid, you'll knock the kid out with your force because let's face it, we're all a little bigger than them. But for the most part, I was the kind of person that always just figured, if it's fun, why do I keep doing it? I just answered my own question. It's because it's fun. So for me, these toys represent a part of my life that I'm really proud of being from. And for some reason, you know, it's like as a first generation Mexican-American, I think it kind of means a little different for me. It hits different because having grown up with nothing and being able to really go back and buy the stuff you wanted. And it's not about buying the stuff, though I understand my privilege that I can afford it. The fact that I can go and find things that remind me of being a happy little kid reminds me that I came from a loving place with loving people. And that's something that I think we should continue to support each other with. You look, I talked about it last week in a time where everybody, look, there's so much shit happening in the news right now. You have, uh, look, I don't, I lost my blue check mark today on Twitter. I'm very sad about it. I'm kidding. I could give a shit, but like, you know, it's weird to see in the past week, we've, we've had so many people, so many young kids that are like hurt, that are killed by, by guns, by accidents that, you know, were taken out of control, out of context. And, you know, you try to make sense of what's happening. You try to see people trying to label certain communities not worthy enough to exist, banning books, everything. And you start thinking, if you can find happiness somewhere, then you should really nurture it. And I realized that this, again, it's silly, right? The title of this podcast is, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid, finally. It's because I didn't let anybody tell me that I outgrew what I loved doing. I was actually able to really lean into it and do it more. You know, on the way here to this hotel, my driver, we were talking about, we're talking about stuff. I was telling him that I, I used to live in St. Louis. I went to college here for like a year, um, didn't finish. But um, I was telling him that I used to live here and it was kind of crazy to come back and see it. Uh, I used to have a couple jobs in St. Louis while I was here, I would, um, Opera Theater of St. Louis. I was actually uh, a dresser, I was in wardrobe. I did the uh, a couple of the seasons here, Opera Th uh, Theater of St. Louis, um, which by the way, 
reminds me, there was this guy who was an usher that I thought was so cute. And I remember I was 18 years old working, you know, at the opera theater. And I really liked him. And I have always been the kind of person that I have no, like, I do not get embarrassed. I will ask out a guy, no problem. And I asked him out. And he laughed at my face and said that I, I wasn't good enough. He was like from St. Louis. He's, he was from the affluent area that the theater is at, Webster Groves. And it was the first time that anyone uh, had put class into my face as, a, as an issue. And uh, didn't work there after that. Because uh, I, I didn't understand that that was a real thing. Worked at the Kiel Center. I don't know what the arena's called now but back then it was the keel center and i used i was a server for like uh the arena you know like uh when people had suites and stuff i would be the server and everything and you know um i ended up getting fired from the keel center because my boss thought i was on drugs um i was not i don't do like i i, I didn't do drugs you know it was my personality my boss fired me because of my personality. Because everyone I worked with seemed like they didn't want to be there. And I was always so bubbly that my boss thought she's obviously high as fuck. We got to get her out of here. And I got fired. I also worked as a server at this pizza place called Cicero's. It was in the loop. And it had a, like a live music venue under, underground. So, you know, the driver and I were talking about St. Louis, which, by the way, if you're not familiar with St. Louis, two things I've learned when I was here. Number one, they love toasted ravioli. If you ever come to St. Louis, get the toasted rav. Number two, if anybody invites you to go to East St. Louis, no, is not in St. Louis. <laughs> I used to go to East St. Louis all the time. There was a club I used to go to called The Oz. I don't know if it's there. It's probably still there. And uh, there was a bar called Pops, which was open 23 hours a day because they shut it down one hour to clean it for the rest of the 23 hours. Um, but you know, it's funny. Me talking about this. Notice, because I, I didn't have it planned. Notice that when I talked about the usher I liked, who was my age? You know, he was home from the summer from whatever college he was going to. I wasn't planning on talking about it, but it came into my mind and it made me sad. Even though I'm 44 now, happened decades ago. For the moment I remembered it, it made me sad. And I realized it's because kind of goes to what I'm talking about. There are random things that bring up memories. And within those memories come certain emotions. Sometimes they can be great. 
sometimes are not so great. So whenever you can find things that can unlock something great from your past, I suggest you do it. I was talking to the driver last night. We're talking about St. Louis. And I said something and I, I, I told him, you know, I went to WrestleMania a couple weeks ago. And he said, oh, you shouldn't tell that to adults. Like I would, I should be embarrassed. And I told him, oh no, actually, uh, I don't mind telling anybody. I could give a shit because I like it. Which was what I was talking about last week, right? Do what you like, everybody else sucks. Fuck them. That's the thing. These toys that I'm that I have here, and by toys I mean a lot of games. Like like I have a I have a, a stack here. It's Tecmo Super Bowl, Burger Time, everything. You know, Dragon Spirit. I've, I went through it. The light from Indiana Jones. This action figure, like all of this. Some people will make fun because all they see in front of you are literally these things. What they don't see is what the fuck they represent. And they don't need to. Because when they see your smile, that's all they need to see. And they don't even deserve that. But that's what I did this week. I went to San Jose, I did everything. Let me show you one thing if you're watching this on YouTube, all five of you. I'm kidding. I have four listeners. Thank you. Look at this. Someone from the San Jose shows gave me this. It's a doll of me. I'm wearing the outfit from Lower Classy, my first Netflix special. Look at that. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Comes with a stool. <laughs> Look at this. Comes with a mic stand. I love it. I love it. Look, I mean, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. It comes with a little miniature religious candle. And the person who made it said, this little religious candle stands for your mom. I love this little doll. To whoever, if you're listening to this, whoever did this, I absolutely love this. To me, Things like this always catch me off guard in a really great way because I can't believe that someone would go through all that effort for me. Like someone that doesn't know me, but maybe does maybe sees a connection in something that I do, something that I talk about. But uh, it's, uh, it was great. It's funny. Um, I'm going home tomorrow and I can't believe how fucking excited I am to go home tomorrow. Tomorrow I get to be home for three weeks, three weeks straight. And I am so excited to fucking clean. Oh my God, I can smell the fabuloso, everything. I can hear the music while I clean, everything. 
I have been away from home for a while and now to be home for a while means everything to me. I can't wait to do my laundry. I can't wait to do the mundane shit, you know what I mean? Because I don't get to do it very often. But I also have to clean because I gotta find room for this stuff that I just bought this week. Again, my friend Jerry, he's an enabler in the best way possible. Is it really enabling though? If he's making you, if he's helping you make choices that make you happy? I mean, I don't think so. But anyway, he's enabling. Who am I kidding? Anyway, I'm here in St. Louis tonight. I'm doing a short set um, with it and a discussion with my friend Hari, who just released a special on YouTube. I'm gonna put his name here on the video and um, please check it out. He dropped a special on YouTube. Uh, also, I'm not doing any shows right now. The next show I have scheduled on my on my website is is June, Rosemont, Illinois, Chicago. So I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll book some other stuff before then. Who knows? But I'm excited to go home and clean so that I can find space to put these toys in. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid, and the truth is, I don't have to fucking grow up. Don't let people tell you that you're too old to do something. This is almost like as an extension of last week's podcast, but you know, what I realized is that these toys brought so much joy to me, not for what they are, but for what they represent. This to me represents evolution in a way. From where I am now to where my mom started. I can't wait to play with these games. All right, everybody, that's it for me. I have to start getting ready to, to go do the show. I started doing my hair and makeup, and then I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to do a podcast and see if I can do it. And then I'm like, oh, okay. So anyway, I have to go get dressed because I got to go work in 30 minutes, and I have to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to be so late. Um, not late, late, but late. They're picking me up in a couple minutes. Anyway, thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of To Be Continued with Cristela Alonso. As always, I am Cristela Alonso, uh, and I can't wait to talk to you next week. All right, I'll be doing it from home because I'll be home. All right, uh, if you like the podcast, share, subscribe, tell everybody to check it out, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> he says bye too. <laughs>